Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Sakun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Trevor Soares of the Full Press Coverage. How you doing, Trevor? I'm good, man. How are you doing today, bro? Oh, amazing. Just doing amazing. You know, we, we survived uh, Hurricane Henri. And I, I, have to be, I have to admit, I, I will admit, because I was the guy calling it Hurricane Henry, and everybody's like, what the yeah, heck are you talking about, man? You're so uncouth. You don't know it's Henri? The eye, dude. I'm like, I, to be honest, did you know it was Henri? Am I the only person who called it Hurricane Henry? Am I the only guy? No, nah, because... No, because right when you just said Hurricane Henry, I was like, what? I didn't even know it was called that. I was saying Henry the whole time. So literally, that's tonight right. was the first time I heard right. it being called correctly. So. That's why we do an NFL podcast, because we're on the exactly. right le- We're on the same level as everybody else looking at the same thing. Henri, get the heck out of here. This, we're not brand new. What the heck is this? All right. So uh, we survived. We're on to the new week. We have preseason week two. Trevor, you're at the game. We're going to talk to you about that in a minute because we're super excited about that. But we got lots of stuff to talk about, including highlights from week two of the preseason. And, of course, fantasy football season is here. It's right here. It's right around the corner. Everybody's drafting, and we're here to help. So we're going to give you our rank fantasy football players at the running back position, tight end, defense, and even kickers. That's how much we care about you. We're even going to talk about kickers today. Who knew? All right, let's get this thing rolling. All right, well, let's start with week two of the preseason and the game between the Washington football team and the Cincinnati Bengals. And Trevor was there on the ground getting us intel on all that. So it's a great game because it's on a Friday. And, of course, the Washington football team won 17-13. Trev, tell us, what did you learn about the Washington football team? Uh, Well, first of all, I learned that tailgating is very important because the price of beer inside is ridiculous. So I'm keeping (laughs) that out of the way. But um, as far as the football team is concerned, uh, Landon Collins is back. If he's not back, he's right there on the doorstep waiting for somebody to let him in to come back in because he performed like crazy, like his New York Giant days. Um, yep. Benjamin St. Juice at cornerback and Tory McTire got a lot of time with the ones and took advantage. They both shined in this game, uh, locking down their receivers, passing up, um, breaking up passes, looking really, really uh, first team worthy. Yep. And then of course uh, we go to Jared Patterson, who is the MVP of the uh, of the team. Yes, sir. Like 133 all-purpose yards. He balled out catching the ball. Special teams returned a couple of kicks for a really nice yardage, scored a touchdown, I think our only touchdown. So uh, he looks amazing. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think that that is definitely something I want to talk about. Um, So I'm going to put a pin on that, though, because I want to talk to you about something else first, and then I want to turn to Jared Patterson because there's a lot to to break down, unpack there. But quarterback position. You know, obviously Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of folks here assumed that Fitzy was going to be the guy. Um, but of course there's this kind of rumbling that maybe Tyler Heineke has Taylor Heineke has a shot there at the game. They all kind of performed relatively well. Ryan Fitzpatrick, seven to 13 for 96 yards, Taylor Heineke, 11 for 13 for 80 yards. And Kyle Allen had two for four. 
for 23 yards. Heineke added 26 rush yards there. So, and Kyle Allen had negative two rush yards. So forever that's worth. Anyway, tell me, what are your thoughts there about the QB competition in Washington? Uh, personally, I don't think there's a competition for the QB one spot. Okay. I think there's more so a competition now for QB two. Um, Kyle Allen just came off of that ankle injury, but he only threw four passes, but he did throw a nice fade to AGG for a two-point conversion, which I thought mm-hmm. was really nice. Um, Taylor Heike really hasn't proved that he can step up and throw in the pocket. Um, sometimes he forces a scramble. Sometimes, yeah, the play breaks down, but he doesn't give the, the play time to develop and work. He's always looking to scramble and not just, you know, holding the zone and staying in the pocket, absorbing a hit, but making the throw that needs to be made. So I believe he's not QB1. Ryan Fitzpatrick is definitely QB1. You can mm-hmm. just see it. He's poised. He's in the playbook. You can tell he knows the offense. You can tell he's built a lot of trust with his receivers already at the end of his first right. year here. Um, he might have disconnected a little bit with Adam Humphreys, but that's going to happen. Nobody needs to freak out. But, um, yeah, as far <laughs> as QB1 goes, we have one. But QB2, I think that's going to be a battle for this next preseason game to see who takes that two spot. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how they do that. They probably, I guess at that point, they might just sit Ryan Fitzpatrick and see what happens um, between Heineke and Allen at that mm-hmm. point in the last preseason game. And, of course, you know, I, I, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick, not not simply because he's with Washington right now, but just his entire career, um, is he's just a great guy. You know, he's just a really great guy. Really and I felt so bad for him when he was in Miami last year. And he's mm-hmm. winning for them. You know, he's winning for them. Exactly. He's exciting. And then they sit him for Tua. And, and, and listen, no knock on Tua, right? I mean, he said all the right things. He did all the right things. Uh, I, it's not that I hate on, I'm hating on Tua, although I do hate all of Alabama. I, I, don't, I don't hate Tua. Uh, but, you know, and I'll say, let me qualify that. Not Alabama the state, Alabama the football right. team, okay? I just hate Alabama Crimson Tide, not the state. Uh, but Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, I felt bad for him because he was doing everything right, right? I mean, he was doing everything right, yep. and they benched him. And um, not necessarily for the better, not necessarily for the nah. better. So I love the fact that he's coming in here and has an opportunity to do some big things in Washington this year. Uh, and I really love the fact that he is such a great locker room guy, no matter where he goes, you know, no matter where he goes, he just fits right yeah, in there. Exactly. So love really that. Does. Love that about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, not to mention he's a Harvard grad, which is just like blows my mind. You know, <laughs> I'm just like, what the heck? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. how did that happen? I mean, amazing. Just amazing. Anyway, so let me ask you um, one more question um, before we get to Jared Patterson. Mm-hmm. That's Antonio Gandy-Golden. You kind of mentioned AGG. What are your thoughts on him? Are you big on him in the preseason? Are you? How do you feel about him now? Uh, I was a little bit big on him before the preseason, preseason started. I'm really not that big on him now. Um, uh-uh. He seems like he can't keep his feet when he's running routes. He's slow. He still doesn't separate as much as he needs to. Um, he did have a couple catches in this game. I guess it's because he was actually targeted more than he was in the first preseason game. So that's good. But like I said, when he was in there with um, Taylor Heineke, he Taylor runs most of the time. So nobody, no receiver can really get a good look because they're not getting targeted. But I think right. he does have a legit shot of making the squad. I mean, he's, he's made cuts so far. Cuts come out tomorrow. We'll see what happens. But I think he yep. makes past that. And I think this next preseason game will be the ultimate test to see if he and uh, have a roster spot or not. Yeah, well, hopefully he makes it so that your sleeper pick still uh, still stands. I know we made those sleeper exactly. picks a long time ago, but uh, Antonio Golden, Gand- yeah, Gandy Golden, one of your sleeper picks, so hopefully he makes it. It'd be, it'd be quite a draft value if he does make the team. Um, and, Kay, let's talk about Jared Patterson real quick. 
because he'd already teed him up. You already talked about him. I mean, he looks mm-hmm. amazing. 16 carries, 71 yards, 4.41 yards per carry, touchdown on the ground, and added to that three receptions for 25 yards. All-around guy, looks like he's ready for oh, that yeah. main position, but he, you know, that spot isn't clear. So what do you think about Jared, uh, Jared Patterson? Um, I think, yeah, our running back one and two are, are solidified. You got Peyton Barber, it's probably running back three because uh, our coaching staff loves his third and short yardage and goal line offensive skill he has. But um, for, as far as our return game of special teams, Jared Patterson looked good on that. Um, yep. I feel like he can fit in, like, packages made for him specifically, like a Darren Scholes type, you know? Like, he right. wasn't really like a one, a, a, like a solidified running back one, two, or three. He was like a gadget guy. So I could definitely see Jared Patterson being that for us. We don't have that. Um, he, was, he, he proved the test of being a kick returner. He passed that test this weekend, so I think that's good. But I like him. I think he makes the 53, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd be, I'd be really interested. I would be upset to see him not make the 53. I'll say it that way. Right. Like, the guy is definitely uh, outperforming all expectations and doing an amazing yeah. job on the field. So if he doesn't earn it, it's hard to imagine who would, <laughs> you know? I mean, it's hard yeah, to imagine why he wouldn't make there's it. 30, yeah, there's 30, and then the 31 other teams watch the tape, and they, I know they like what they saw. So if he doesn't make that 53, oh, yeah. he's – going to be a huge target for, for somebody else. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he, he'll be playing in the NFL this year. If it's not in Washington, he'll yeah. definitely be playing in the NFL this year. I, I absolutely agree mm-hmm. with that. And there are a lot of running back needed teams out there who would probably yeah. give him a shot easy without even thinking about it. All right. Let's cool. go ahead and, and talk about the rest of the preseason games. And there's one standout highlight that I want to talk about. Because last, last week we kind of ranked those rookie first-round quarterbacks and their first performances on – on live action on the field. And, you know, it was pretty telling, but again, it's preseason. Let's not overreact. We all can go back to that exactly. story about, about you know, Daniel Jones, right? Okay. He had a great preseason yeah. and now he's Daniel Jones. So anyway, let's talk about Zach Wilson. Okay. Nine of 11, 128 yeah. yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he ended up oh. with a passer rating of 154.7. I mean, he was flying. He was all over the place and he was always in control. I mean, it was amazing uh, what I thought – I mean, just watching him. You know, if I didn't look at the stats at all, you know, let's not even think about right. the stats. You know, he, just the eye test. He had, was so fluid. He had so much arm strength and accuracy that on the move, he was hitting people from all over the place. And he did not make mistakes. You know, he used his feet when he needed to to extend the play. And when he didn't need to, he looked downfield, went through his progressions, and hit who he needed to hit. Now, there's always the question. I mean, he's a gunslinger. It's pretty clear he's a gunslinger. And I, and I dare I say, I know everyone's going to jump on me when I say this, but I, I, I think of Patrick Mahomes when I, stop, when I see him play. <laughs> and a lot, I know a lot of people are going to jump on me when I say that. And I'm not saying that Zach Wilson is Patrick Mahomes, right? No one is Patrick Mahomes. No. But, no. but Zach Wilson looks like a guy who has that type of upside. The only question I have is that when you get into real-time NFL action, whether he's going to throw himself into trouble, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I know he can throw himself out of trouble, but will he throw himself into trouble? Because I can see him being overly confident, and, and you know, we're showing a lot of vanilla defenses in the preseason. So you have a little bit more variety in the regular season. You have a lot more strategy when you're looking at trying to dissect defenses. They're obviously trying to mislead you at quarterback can he pick up on that? And will he make mistakes? Will he not see the safety? 
and throw into safety coverage? Will he not right. see a corner, you know, sneaking over? You know, will he not see mm-hmm. a backer backing out of uh, backing out of the rush and standing in the middle and then and, and get picked off? I mean, we don't know that yet, and he might be throw he might throw himself into trouble because I already know he can throw himself out of trouble. That I know. <laughs> but it, whether he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. That's a great. That's a great. Great comp there. You know. I mean, I I see that. I mean, I love it. But this is what I love best about it, though. The Jets were so boring with Sam Darnold there. <laughs> so yeah, boring. No. And I'm not a Jets fan, but Zach Wilson makes me want to watch. You know, it makes me want to watch yeah, the game. Like like you said, I think they had a, what like a joint practice with Mr. Yes. Aaron Rodgers' squad, and so I, you know, he's one of these rookie quarterbacks. You can progressing every single week. Like yeah. he went from throwing a lot of picks in camp in his debut. He wasn't he, was, yes. he wasn't too bad, and now his second debut, he's lights out right now. So he you can see the trend. He's only getting better, and he's taking everything that is being told to him, and he's learning from and, and literally applying it to his game, and it's showing right now. So I'm excited for right. the Jets. I didn't get to see it or any highlights, but I saw stats. I'm excited for them. I, yeah. hope, I hope he's a he's a saving grace there. So. Yeah, no, I, I think that it would be really fun to see him do well for the Jets. I mean, not, not because, first of all, I'm an NFC fan, as you as are you, so I yeah. don't care what happens in the AFC anyway. <laughs> but that being said, exactly. you know, I, they, they've had some bad quarterbacks and some bad luck, and mm-hmm. uh, it's nice to see it when a, a, a kid comes out of college and actually makes good on that draft position uh, with Zach Wilson. So mm-hmm. I, I like that a lot. I'll also mention the other highlight of the weekend was Mitchell Trubisky be playing for the Bills, coming back to Soldier Field and lighting it up. And I'm like, of course yep. he does well in the preseason, guys. We saw this before. I'm a Bears fan. I've seen this before, okay? Mitchell Trubisky is great in the preseason. It just doesn't count. He got his revenge. It counts did, perfectly for that yes. man. That's all that was. <laughs> I was happy for him, honestly. I, I like Mitchell Trubisky. I didn't agree, obviously, with what we did in order to get him in the draft uh, many, uh, three, right. four years ago. But I'd like him as a person and a player. So good luck to him. Hopefully he finds a good landing spot. He obviously will never take over for Josh Allen because he's the man. But, you know, it's great to see him get some action out there. All right. I think we've spent enough time talking about preseason week two. I'm going to go ahead and hit the boxing bell on this one so we can move on to the next topic. And that is fantasy football. But before we get to fantasy football, because this is in line with fantasy football, let me talk about Thrive Fantasy. All right? So come Prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes and have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over 140000 guaranteed dollars in prizes for NFL Week 1 and has awarded over $4 million. $4 million, guys. I've never seen that in my entire life. I don't hope to see that in my entire life. Hey, use promo code garbage time. That is, use promo code garbage time. G-A-R-B-A-G-E-T-I-M-E, garbage time. When you sign up today, and you'll receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today and win 
all that money. <laughs> Jeez, that's crazy. All that million money. dollars. What the heck is that? Well, everybody go out there, sign up, use our promo code. Please support us because they're supporting us, and we appreciate your listen. So let's talk about that next topic because we're already on it, fantasy football. We're going to be talking about our rankings, top tens, running backs, tight ends, defenses, and even kickers. That's right, even kickers. So let's start with running backs. Trev, <laughs> what do you have here? Give me your top ten for running backs this season for fantasy football PPR leagues. Ooh, this is this all these position groups for fantasy were tough this go yeah. around, but we'll give it a go. So running yeah. backs, I got number one, Nick Chubb. Whoa. Number two, Derrick Henry. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Number two, Derrick Henry. Number three, Alvin Kamara. Number wow. four, Aaron Jones. Number five, Dalvin Cook. Number six, Christian McCaffrey. Number Whoa. seven, Zeke. Number eight, Najee Harris. Number nine, Saquon. And number 10, Austin Eckler. Wow. That is very <laughs> interesting. Wait, who would you have after CMC? Elliot? Was it Zeke? Yeah, Zeke, yep. Okay. All right. So this is really interesting. This is really interesting because your list in some parts look just like mine and in some parts don't look like mine at all. So this is going to be really interesting. I, my number one was Dalvin Cook. Number two, I got CMC. I got Christian McCaffrey there. And then number three, I got Alvin Kamara. So do you. At four, I have Derrick Henry. Five, I have Zeke Elliott. Six, I have Austin Eckler. Seven, I have Nick Chubb. Uh-oh, I see a little bit of a discussion <laughs> brewing here. And then at eight, I have Aaron Jones. Nine, Saquon Barkley. And ten, Antonio Gibson. So threw in the Ooh. little bit of uh, Washington love there at the end there. So, Ooh, thank well, you very this, much. <laughs> that's right. So this is going to be interesting here because your number one was Nick Chubb. I have Nick Chubb at number seven. My number one is Dalvin Cook. Delvin Cook is your number five. So clearly we flipped those guys essentially. So tell me, why do you like Nick Chubb so much? And why do you hate, Derek Henry? Why do you hate Delvin Cook, man? What did Delvin Cook ever do to you? <laughs> uh, Delvin Cook can't stay healthy, man. He can't yeah. he Okay. Um, so that's, that's why I did that. When he's healthy, he's lights out. Don't get me wrong. He's so fast. Like, well, probably one of the fastest running backs in the game, but right. he's, all, he's always hurt. Uh, I picked Nick Chubb number one because – Cleveland's going to be a force we reckon with, I think, this year. Um, he's already part of that dual-headed running back tandem with Kareem Hunt back there. So Nick Chubb is a beast. So I got him to go first. That's why. Yeah, all right. No, I'm, 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 no I, and I, I totally – and to, to make your point even more um, – to even support you even more, Trevor, because this is how much I like you. Nick Chubb, right. I, I did think about it very, very seriously because – there have been only two running backs in the entire NFL since 2018 that have more than 3,000 rush yards, have averaged more than nine, five yards per carry, and have more than 12 mm-hmm. rushing touchdowns. Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb. That's it. That's the entire yeah. list. That's the entire list. You know, so <laughs> I, I understand. I yeah, I understand. I understand that. You know, Nick, Nick Chubb, obviously, big time, and you picked Derrick Henry right after that, and those guys can rack up lots of yards. But I, I just think – that Dalvin Cook just has, and I understand the the concern with regard to injury, right? And that may be because mm-hmm. the workload is absolutely absurd. The amount of workload they give him oh, is absurd. Man. But when he is healthy, he, there is no guy who can get you more points. I mean, he is just amazingly lights out with respect to the rush yards and receiving yards. You know, he had the... Per game on a per game basis, I mean, like he's he was amazing 
in 2020. He was second overall, and he basically had, he had 1,557 rush yards, 361 receiving yards, and 44 receptions. So in the PPR league, that is super. That's huge. 17 touchdowns, and that's only in 14 games. That's just in 14 games. Right. I, I get the point <laughs> that if he is not injured, right, he's going to be number one by a long shot. If he's injured, I'm just telling you. If he's injured, he's still number two. <laughs> Last year, okay. 14 games, right. he's still second overall. <laughs> so I see Dalvin Cook as just being a high upside guy, so high an upside guy yeah. that I okay. okay. I can even I can work in the injury into his value and still um, and still say that he's worth it as a number one overall. Now CMC, okay, I, I love mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey. I put him at number two. Mm-hmm. ADP has him as number Ooh. one overall. You have him at six. Tell me about yeah. that. Uh, injury. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I just, that's, that's my, my biggest concern really is just, is he can recover well from that injury he had last year and maybe I think yep. except for another one, maybe he was season before. That's really, that's the only reason why, um, I have met six is his injury history. So. Yeah. And I think that the interesting thing about it is that, you know, CMC obviously had a bad year last year because of injury. Um, and it was really, really a bad year, <laughs> a really bad year yeah. due to injury. But that was the only year he missed. So I don't, I don't put him in the category of having a chronic, or like chronically injured. Um, this year will be a big deal to see what happens with him. I mean, no, there's, there's really no other running back that has more targets than CMC over the last four years. And that's even with him being out for almost all the entire season last year. So it's one of those things where it's like he's so good. Now the upside is so high, and it's almost like so. We're at the same side here. You you're gonna go. You're gonna want to play it safer because you don't want to have a guy who has a risk of injury. I get that. That totally makes sense to me. Don't waste your first round pick on a guy who may be sitting on your IR spot for the entire uh, year. Uh, I just love the upside. I think it's just amazing amount of the upside there. Um, so at the end there, I put Antonio Gibson at number ten. There's no Antonio Gibson on your list. That's very interesting to me. Tell me a little bit about that. Why didn't Antonio Gibson make your top ten? Um, can you still hear me, Hakun? Yeah. Okay, because yeah. my mic went out on my computer. That's why I was wondering. So I sent you a oh. message on behind the scenes. My mic went out, so that's why I didn't know. But yeah, okay, cool. You can still no, hear me. No, you're great. Word. Antonio Gibson. Honestly, I didn't even think about him for some reason. I just went by the the list I was looking at, and I didn't even mm-hmm. notice that he wasn't top ten. But I, I, I'm with you on that. When he's definitely gonna get you some points. Now, 10 is a very good spot because he's not going to have the, the role he had last year where he was catching check downs and also running every time. Like, we have more right. weapons this year. We have more receivers, more um, third down options as well. So, he'll still get his touches, but I don't think nearly as much as he did last year. But yeah. top 10 is a, a very good spot for him to be in. Yeah, I, I think that's that's what I, – I like him there too. I just like him at 10, right? You know, I, all the other guys there have, have a proven – more of a proven track record – and he does. I mean, you look at all the other guys on my list. They have many, multiple years, multiple seasons, being the guy. Uh, Antonio Gibson doesn't have that, but I feel I still like I like his upside. You, on the other hand, were impressed with Najee Harris, which I get. Yeah, I know. I mean, I obviously, again, a guy that I hated in college but loved to watch. So Najee right. Harris, you know, making the number eight. You're you're in on his upside, I guess, right? Because just just because how healthy is Ben Roethlisberger? about Ben's arm like how young is it like I know he's got surgery yeah, on him, but yeah <laughs> and the sure. receivers are what Chase Paypool you like Deontay Thompson 
But other than that, they really don't have many offensive weapons. So I think Najee's going to get a bigger role than he's anticipating, which I'm sure he can handle. But yep. that's why I put him at eight. Well, he looked good in the preseason, so we'll see where we'll see how yeah. it goes. So that's that's a nice nice uh, pick there. So let's go on to the next uh, let's go on to the next grouping here, and that's the tight ends. So Trevor, give me your top ten tight ends for fantasy football PPR. This one's tough too. So I have number yep. one Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Number two Darren Waller. Number yep. three George Kittle. Number mm-hmm. four, you ready for this, Mr. Yep. Kyle Pitts himself? Yes. Yes, sir. Number five. Yep. <laughs> number five, Logan Thomas himself. Whoa. Uh, number six, Robert Tunyon. Yeah, bro. I know. We'll talk. Oh, man. <laughs> number six, Robert Tunyon. Number seven, TJ Hawkinson. Number eight, Mark Andrews. Number nine, Dallas Goddard. And number 10, Noah Fant. Wow. That's, so we're going to have a lot to talk about here for sure. So the top three <laughs> are not notable, right? Because we all, Travis yeah. Kelce, Darren Waller, George Kittle, to me, they're almost interchangeable. Uh, if you get one of the exactly. top, if you want to get, that's the first tier for me, right? Kelchi, mm-hmm. Waller, Kittle. I don't think anybody's going to argue with us on that. And we had that as an exact same order there. So let me give you my top 10 now. I have Travis Kelchi, Darren Waller, George Kittle. No problem there. I agree with you. I have Kyle Pitts at number four. I mean, I have, if, we've had a big man crush on Kyle Pitts for a year now. So I'm not giving up now. All right. He is amazing. <laughs> We're going to see a lot of him for sure, particularly no Julio Jones there in Atlanta. Um, at five, I have Mark Andrews, six, TJ Hawkinson, seven, Noah Fant, eight, Logan Thomas, nine, Robert Tanyan, and 10, Smith Jr. Irv Smith. Ooh. There you go. It's a little bit, I know that's Ooh. not a little unconventional, a little unconventional, a little unconventional. I like yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of like him. I like him a lot too. And I, I always feel like, and I, you know, I love um, Kyle Rudolph because of his connection to Notre Dame and I'm a Notre Dame guy. Mm-hmm. But I love Kyle Rudolph, but he's not there anymore. And Irv Smith Jr., mm-hmm. you know, he's been, we talk about him every year as having a breakout, but, you know, Kyle Rudolph is there. So he's taking targets right. and, you know, he's, neither of them are being super productive because they're just not they're sharing targets. He's the man now at tight end. And I know he's, you know, going to be behind Jefferson, <laughs> probably behind Cook. He's probably behind, you know, it, it, he's going to be fourth on, his, on the pecking holder. But I think that they're going to be playing a lot of catch-up, and I can see Aerosmith Jr. being really good there. So I like his upside at number 10. Let me ask you about Logan Thomas. So I had Logan Thomas at eight. You had him at five. That's, that's the highest I've seen him. Tell me, what do you see in Logan Thomas that makes you believe that Derek, he's going to be really productive this year for fantasy? Um, so, of course, he was a college quarterback. Then he came into the league as a tight end, spent some time in Detroit. And then right. now really, really emerged as a t- true tight end last year for us. Also being, I think, top three receiver because we didn't have a receiving core and he was catching balls from four different arms the entire year. Yep. Um, so that warranted him extension with the team. He went to tight end university with the top three tier that we have, Kelsey, Waller, yep. and Kittle. He was there with them, learning from them. And now he has a quarterback who, who will give him the ball. Um, it's already been reported. Ryan Fitzpatrick loves Logan Thomas. He's a good guy to go to. Loves having him as a big, tall target. He's yep. already been showing that in Canada. I think this is the year that he actually is recognized even more than nationally as a tight end because he has a legit quarterback back there getting him the ball. Right. No, I love it. I mean, I love yeah. the pick. I mean, I think yeah, – I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick can make anybody relevant on the receiving end, honestly. So yeah, uh, I love that. Right. I think that's going to be something that's something to definitely watch. I just went with Mark Andrews and TG Hawkinson 
in in uh, just because I felt like Mark Andrews is had so has a lot of history. You know, I mean, he's had he had mm-hmm. he clearly is a favorite target of Lamar Jackson, and theoretically they're going to continue to build on that. And I think they're going to use more of that. They love that seam throw of Mark Andrews. And really he do. picks up, yeah, he picks up 15, 20 yards every time with that, and they love using him in red zone. So I just see him being a consistent contributor week in, week out. You know, a safety, a safe pick, so to speak. Not the biggest upside, but like the best floor. So that's that's why I have Mark Andrews at five. But I get it. I get the Logan Thomas at five. I love that. I might actually even have to look at my my picks a little bit. Now Dallas Goddard <laughs> was the only guy I didn't include in my top ten. Um, tell me about Dallas Goddard. Uh, he was on the list I was looking at, and I just picked him at number nine because I think Zach Ertz is going to be traded at yeah. some point soon, yeah. and he's going to yeah. become tight end one. But he's got to rely on J- um, Jalen Smith. Uh, sorry, Jalen Hurd. Jalen Hurd, yeah. Back. So, yeah, I don't know if they're really going to be – they have that chemistry built just yet, but it's coming. And Goddard's always been – he's been a good target anyway in the past. Yeah. He has. Yeah, he's a nice tight end too, but now he's probably going to be tight end one before. You know, before That's later, my so. concern. Zach Ertz is my concern. I I need to see him move before I would I would feel comfortable taking Dallas Goddard at my number one tight end. You know, if I if I want to pair him with somebody else, then yeah, I I can do that. But that was the only thing. He would have been my eleven. You know, had we gotten to eleven. Uh, and I know the show always goes to eleven, but this we're going to ten. So yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I just love the Irv Smith Jr. upside, so I had to slide him up there at number ten. And he's like the surefire guy there now. Rudolph out of town. All right, let's get to the next topic. Let's get to the next section here. Let's get to the defenses. These are always tough to figure out. So give me your top ten defenses for fantasy football. Uh, Tampa Bay number one, number two the Rams, number three the Washington Football Team, number mm-hmm. four the Steelers. Number five, Baltimore. Number six, Bills. Number seven, Cleveland. Eight, Patriots. Nine, Colts. And ten, San Francisco. Oh, interesting. All right. So that's, again, some similarities, some differences. So number one, I have the Rams. Number two, I have Washington. That's right. For some reason, I am ahead of you for on Washington for defenses and for running backs. How is that possible, Trevor? Uh, anyway, I have Washington at number two. <laughs> number three, I have Pittsburgh. Four, I have Tampa Bay. At five, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Six, I have the New England Patriots. Seven, the Buffalo Bills. Eight, the Indianapolis Colts. Nine, the Kansas City Chiefs. And ten, the Jeez. San Francisco 49ers. So the one team that you have in here that I don't have are the Cleveland Browns at number seven. Tell me about your choice mm-hmm. for the Cleveland Browns. Um, on paper, as of right now, they look pretty dominant. So we just got to see if, it, if it's going to gel together on the field. But you got yeah. uh, Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney on the edge. And you've got in the back end, Dillon Ward, Grant Delpit, who they're really high on at LSU. Uh, John Johnson III, who came over from the Rams defense. We all know what the Rams defense is about. And you got Greg Newsom, the, the rookie cornerback back there. So I think right. on paper, like I said, it looks good. If they can all gel together and make it work by the time it really counts uh, last half of the season, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, I believe. Yeah, no, I, I can buy into that. I, I can definitely buy into that. And the it looks like that, you know, we, we agree on most things. The, the team that you didn't list that I did list was the Kansas City Chiefs. I just feel like that yeah. they've shown what they can do. They're a bend-not-break type of defense, although they broke a lot in the Super Bowl. I think they will uh, bounce yeah. back this year and be a more consistent defense. Clearly, uh, there's a lot of talent on that team. And, of course, I love the Washington football team because of the – I mean, just Chase Young alone. 
honestly, yeah, because yeah. of the fact. I, I mean, I'll ask Montez Sweat. I'll, I'll add all the rest of the guys in there, but but Chase Young alone, getting those QB pressures, uh, getting those sacks, you know, for fantasy defenses are huge. It get, really helps you get those points, even if you allow the other side to score. So I, I really do think there's some upside there. In addition to the fact that they get to play the Giants and the Eagles multiple times this season, and both of those teams do exactly. not look like they're going to be that great. Um, so, no, you know, Daniel Jones and Jalen Hurts could be turnover machines. Um, that could be good if you have the Washington football team defense for most of the season. Um, so there's some, definitely some upside there. Uh, otherwise, we, you know, we line up pretty good because I do think Bucks, Rams, and Steelers, and Ravens, they're mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. guaranteed to be in the top five, and that's where we have them. Yeah. And we really only flip the Washington football team two and three. So I, I totally get that. And you're higher on the Bills, lightly slightly higher on the Bills. I get that. I love the Bills, too. I'm higher on the Patriots. Uh, you have the Patriots at eight. I have the Patriots at six. I just yeah. think that they're off-season additions. Dante Hightower, Matt Judon, Calvin, Noy, Devin, Godchuck. I, I just love – they have an elite mm-hmm. secondary. They have a very favorable schedule um, early on the books. I, I just like that a lot. So I like them as a pick. Now, I will say this. As, a, as an overall drafting strategy, I like to t- – if I'm going to take a top defense, I'm taking a top five defense, and I'm carrying just one entire season until my bye week and I'll pick somebody off the waiver for that. If I miss on the top five, I'm waiting till the end and I'm just going to stream defenses. I just don't think it's worth it spending a draft pick on other defenses, but that's just my, that's the way I like to look at it. You know, top five, it's just like you can play them week in, week out outside of top five. I really feel like you just wait, you know, Mm -hmm. get your own skill players, take those rookies and, and wait on defense. I don't know. You have any, yeah. Do you approach uh, defenses any differently? Trev? Uh, no, I think that's a great idea. Like you said, top five is where you really want to focus on everything else is you're risking a lot. So. <laughs> right, right. There's a lot of definitely, definitely a lot of risk, and the reward may not be proportional to the risk. Okay, let's go to the last section here. Kickers real quick. Um, there's not going to be much to talk about here. Trevor, yeah. give me your top ten kickers for fantasy football. Justin Tucker, number one. Jason Sanders, number two. Harrison Butker, number three. Um, Koo, number four. I don't want to get in trouble for mispronouncing his first name. Uh, number <laughs> five, Ryan Suckup. Number six, Matt Gay. Number seven, Rodrigo Blankenship. Number yes. eight, Matt Prater. Number nine, Tyler Bass or Bass. And then Bass, number ten, yep. because I'm not a fan of the Cowboys, Greg Zerline. <laughs> <laughs> you put Greg Zerline, Greg the leg all the way down yeah, to number I mean, ten. <laughs> yeah. Greg okay. Greg is number ten. He's on his way out. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I think I think everyone agrees that Justin Tucker is a consensus number one, no matter what. If you're going to take a kicker yeah. early, I don't know why you'd do that, but yeah. if you are, Justin Tucker is your man. Um. So I always thought it was Young Haiku. So I'm going to kind of say that Young Haiku. Uh, I I okay. love his story because he flamed out in San Diego. Uh, he was a yeah. you know, They drafted him. They thought he was going to be great. He flamed out. He went to um, that one of those secondary leagues, the AFF uh, or AAF or whatever, and did really well, got picked up. Falcons, he has been amazing ever since then. So uh, I love him. I have him at number two. Then I have Harrison Butker, Greg Zerline, because I'm reasonable. I don't hate the Cowboys. <laughs> and number five, I have Tyler Bass. And then at six, I have Ryan Suckup. Seven, Jason Sanders. Eight, Matt Prater. Nine, Specs. Rodrigo Blankenship, I just love his mm-hmm. I love his glasses, dude. That's, that's what I like yeah, about him. Yeah, he's so and, swaggy. He's, that's awesome. He's so swaggy. I love that. And then uh, I have Robbie Gould, true, tried and true Ooh. Robbie Gould at number 10. Oh, number 10. You know, I mean, 49ers, they're going to get in there. 
their opportunities to score. And, and he hits from all over the field. I always, being a Bears fan, I rue the day that they let him go. You know, we've had kicking problems ever since Robbie Gould left the Bears. So I, I always go high on him. Oh, my goodness. We made it to the end. Let's hit the air show. Let's hit the air horn on the wow. show. Woo! That was excellent. Again, we went to overtime, dude. We just can't stop going to overtime, hey. Trevor. It's amazing. There's no overtime in preseason, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. And yet we keep going to overtime. This is how much we care about our listeners. We like to give a little extra. Just a little extra. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Get some value out of your podcast. That's what we're all about. All right. Well, Trev, give us your social media so people can follow you. Uh, Twitter, at TrevStoresWFT. Instagram, Trev underscore, underscore stores. So. That's it. Yeah, definitely follow give them a follow because it's great. <laughs> and definitely get just go after him on Twitter, everybody. That's what you got to do. You just got to go after Trev on yeah, Twitter. That's what you got to do. I'm welcome that is your homework. That is your homework. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can find me at FB Garbage Time on Twitter. Again, thank you for coming out and listening and wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL preseason week. Good night, guys.